Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly Soft Pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Back to Harry Harvey Stadium. With the start of the fourth quarter, Marple Newtown has a nine-point lead, 21-12. to And they also have the football. With the start of the fourth quarter, they will be moving from right to left. They will have a second down and five from the 29-yard line of the Harriton Rams. Diaguardi in the backfield. Duffy and White. Of course, the call goes to Duffy, and he pushes the pile forward close to another first down. Stopped by 54, Corbett, the linebacker for the Rams after a couple-yard gain that time by Duffy. And once again, we talked about it earlier, Marple Newtown's ability to control the clock is a big advantage here, making that nine-point lead a much bigger hurdle to overcome for the Rams. Well, we have a minute here. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, relatives, concerned friends, and people in the neighborhood alike. We want to let you know that Monday, November 22nd, at the Winter Circle, will be the Marple Newtown 2010 season-ending wrap-up show. Time to be determined. It will be right here on the Tigers Radio Network. As Billy Weaveling calls his own number on a delay up the middle, across the 20, across the 15, near the 10. Great block by Billy Weaverling. Stopped by number 84, Ryan Kelly. Just tripped up, just caught him. He must had six that time. Great blocking up the middle on this side of the field. Christian Whiteside joining up with Brian Kelly to open that big hole for Weaverling. Good awareness of Weaverling to uh, see past that little tight squeeze he had at the line of scrimmage to see where he had open pastures in front of him. Tigers in the red zone once again. 10.54 to go in this contest. Nine-point lead. Expected to grow larger. Joey Fan back in the game. So Weaverling fakes the handoff. He gives it off to Diaguardi. He's across the 10 near the 5. And number 25, John Wright. Able to get the tackle for the Rams and Diaguardi. I think that might be, you know, we mentioned earlier one run it was for a loss, but that one much better, obviously. Not really used in this game too much on the running side of the football with Duffy doing so well, but good blocking up front again, and Diaguardi's able to get a big game. Well, they got very close to that first down. The next first down they pick up, they will have goal to go. It will be second and one from the six. Joey Pham swings around. He's the lone wideout to the near side this time. Diaguardi, Duffy, and White in the backfield. The give is to Diaguardi. He slashes forward. He's got the first down close to the goal line. So there we go. Once again, you don't need to have the touchdown. just need to bleed more time off the clock and, and eat up every yard you can. And it looked like number six, Stefan Clayton, on the stop on the far side of the field that time. And the coaching staff getting all the seniors involved here is Mario Diaguardi getting a couple carries here in this fourth quarter for the Tigers. 
And with that run, he's officially into positive yardage, erasing that four-yard uh, or minus four-yard carry he had on his first carry here in the third quarter. 9.42 to go in the contest. Ball the two-yard line. Once again, Diaguardi, Duffy, and White. The handoff is to Duffy. He goes forward, and the side judge on the far sideline says touchdown. So there we go. Make it number four for Duffy, and he is collecting big points in his final home game here in this one. They call that a Texas-sized hat trick in hockey. I'm not sure what they call it in football, except pretty darn good. And you know, Bob, I think back to a couple years ago when he got some playing time as a sophomore, and we saw his speed really flourish that at towards the end of that season, and here it's really just blossomed as a senior. Anthony Nicolardi on for the extra point. High snap. The kick is away, and it is good. So with 9.31 to go in the contest, Marple Newtown has a 28-12 lead. We'll be back with the change of possession. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610-359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. Welcome back to the Ryan Duffy Show, starring Bob Herbin, Greg Pecco, Josh Kippel, and executive producer Jim Alsman. 9.31 to go in the contest. Marple Newtown 28, Harriton 12 is Anthony Nicolardi's boot. Hits the turf at the 15-yard line and goes out of bounds in the vicinity of Juwan Valentine. So another miscue sets up Harriton in good field position. Yeah, the Tigers have had a lot of penalties to this point. They haven't affected the game too much. Most of them have been minimal. Illegal procedure on the kicking team. Kickoff out of bounds. Ball be placed at the 35-yard line. First down, Harrod. Well, you'd rather this happen, Greg, with a 16-point lead and uh, time on your side rather than it was 14-12 was to 12 early yeah. in the third quarter. And like I said, minimal yardage has been... They, they, they've cost themselves five yards here, five yards there, encroachment off sides. But overall, 28-12 with nine minutes left. This is Tigers' ballgame. Sam Gross checks back into the game, split to the far side. It will be Dylan O'Donnell to the near side. Moriarty under center to give this to Allen across the 35. Across the 40, driven backwards as he tries to find his way forward. And it looked like Samaro Moat and number 24, Ryan Schallenberger, able to make the stop that time along with Brian Kelly on the bottom of the pile. So basically, Greg, is it fair to say that Harrington needs to have quick strikes and basically open it up to go to the passing game in order to make up any ground? Yeah, they have to go to that. They have to have quick strikes and go to the ground, but they also defensively have not been able to stop Marple Newtown running the football, and that's not going to help them with nine minutes left. Right, it's almost like they have nine minutes plus whatever the next possession for Marple Newtown will be, which also counts against them, which has to be at least five minutes with the way the Tigers have moved the ball offensively. 
We're already in a shotgun. It's a direct handoff to Spencer Reed. He gets close to that 45-yard line and that first down marker, but I don't think he reached it. So it will be third and short for Harrington coming up. Yeah, Spencer Reed fighting forward there, but is definitely shy. And defensively, Marple Newtown looking for another big third down stop. Obviously, Harrington with this type of yardage is going to go for it on fourth down in this type of in this game situation as it is right now. Well, the Tigers ought to shore up the middle of the field because you know they only need one yard for the first down, but they can gain 20 if they bring in Ryan Kelly in the game, which they do. He is taking his position as a blocking back right now. It's Moriarty in. Shotgun, it's a low snap, fake handoff, they go over the middle to Kelly, he gets the first down and way more, across the 40 to down to the 35. And the middle of the field again has been kind to the Rams, and it's Kelly and Moat on the stop, so Kelly stopping Kelly on this one. It's a major size mismatch, which is uh, one of the best things for Harriton about that play also, not only the extra yardage on third down. Clock ticking under eight minutes to go. The Rams need to make up 16 points. They have a four-wide receiver set right now. Spencer Reed, the lone man in the backfield. Kelly in motion. Moriarty under center. The give is to Reed. Off tackle to the right side, across the 35, close to the 30. And a stop that time by, it looks like, number 54 for the Tigers, Pete Finnegan. And while we have a moment here, a couple updates from around the Central League. Uh, Springfield beating Radner 28-0. Ridley over Garnet Valley at this point. And it looks like it's about a 25 to nothing game there, surprising at half. Now, these aren't as up-to-date as they should be, but from the Daily Times scoreboard... That is shocking. Garnet Valley held scoreless in a first half, even as powerful as Ridley is. Moriarty back in the shotgun formation. He looks, he's looking, he's going up to the top to the far sideline. He's got a man down there. Caught for the touchdown. Just threw Mike it over Allen. the top of Joey Pham that time. He, he mistimed his jump. And it went right over his hands. And landed in the hands of Allen. And also other updates. Uh, Strathaven-Pencrest in the third quarter. 21-0 Strathaven. So with just under seven minutes to play. Harriton getting within striking range here within two... Scores. It is a 10-point deficit currently. And it looks like they're going to go for the two-point conversion here to make up some points. Moriarty's back. He goes up top. It is complete. Successful wow. conversion to Ryan Kelly, who once again exploited that size mismatch in the secondary. Ryan White had the inside position on Kelly, but Kelly able to use his long reach and, and his upper body strength to get over White and make a, a great catch on the jump ball. And now the Rams have pulled to within eight with seven minutes left. But like we mentioned, the Rams have not been able to stop the Tigers at all since that first quarter. You figure, even if Marple Newtown does not get good field position here, the way they have been moving the ball, that's, let's say, five minutes off the clock, and even if they don't score any points, that's under two minutes to make up eight points, Yeah, which means you have to get a touchdown and you have to convert they've, the two-point conversion. They've been averaging five to six minutes of drive, so they're going to have every opportunity to milk that clock. You factor in some timeouts from Harrod here or there, depending on how the Tigers move the football. So, you, like you said, a minute, minute 30 will be remaining should the Tigers take it down the field and not score. Difficult, not impossible, but still difficult. Because of the leg of Anthony Nicolardi, if he hits it in the right spot, he can pin the Rams deep in their own territory. So we will have Mike Allen back to kick the football. 
Samara Moat back in the contest. It's a squib kick. Falling on the football is Marple Newtown, we uh, appears to be. Yeah, it looked like Brian Kelly got to that ball first. All you have to do is just hold on to the football, go down like a, a fallen tree to secure possession. And good awareness by Kelly that time to realize that that football was coming very slowly and he needed to get it near it before the Rams did. Well, this may be a little bit of a diabolical plot by Harrington because they're giving Marple Newton a short field, which means they can't possibly take off a whole heck of a lot of time, even if they do score, because yeah. they're not going 80 yards; they're only going 50. Yeah, I mean, Marple's obviously hasn't been a quick strike, quick strike offense all season. So if you minimize field, it does help. But if the Tigers can score, it's a wash. That is correct. First and ten at the 49. A handoff is to Duffy. He gets across midfield. And maybe you pick up a two or three there, but clock keeps moving. And it looked like number 53, Najee Carroll, on the stop for the Rams. Looks like they're going to give him about three and a half, so it's a long six coming up, second down and long six from the Harriton 48. Six and a half to go in the contest. Eight-point lead for Marple Newtown, and it has the football. And Tiger's looking to just pick, chip away three, four yards per carry here and run that clock. Second and a long six. Joey Pham checks in the game as the lone wideout. Moat in motion. But Weaverling calls his own number, plows forward. He'll get a couple yards. Let's see, I don't know if he made it to the 45. A couple of Rams on the stop that time on that play. And it looks as though number 51... Cody Carb for the Rams. So it's going to be third down and five. They only picked up two. Tigers need to get to the 41-yard line. The ball is placed just ahead of the 46-yard marker. And third down and four, like you said. Be interesting to see what kind of play call they, they dial up here. Coach Jutta dials up. Now we'll see Marple Newtown. We'll take a a little bit extra time to see what he has up his sleeve. So with 5.33 to go in the contest and an eight-point advantage, we'll take this quick break. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand-new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game, live in high-def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. Third down and five coming up. Or long four coming up for the Marple Newtown Tigers coming out of that timeout. 5.33 to go. Home team has an eight-point advantage. And smart move, Greg, by uh, head coach Ray Junta to slow the pace down and make sure they have everything uh, on the right page because this is a key down and you don't want to give up possession. Well, and he gets an opportunity to see what Harriton's defense is going to throw at him, at least make an adjustment. Maybe he just saw something he didn't like. Weaverling under center. It's white in motion. Weaverling will drop back. He will roll towards the near side. He is under a rush. He escapes the rush. Moves forward. Let's see. Well, there's a flag down far side as well. Spencer Reed tackles him. Weaverling at the 41. We'll see what to, what to make of everything here. You would think this would be neutral zone infraction because they didn't blow the play dead. If it was an offensive penalty, they would have blown it dead. 
Either way, a gift. And referee Bob Tinsley will have the call momentarily. There was no play. We have a dead ball, false start on the offense. Five-yard penalty, still third down. Once again, somebody moved. And, what, I guess I and, and this it. time might be the most costly of those false start infractions, encroachment infractions that Marple has had. Um, the play didn't, was not blown dead or, or the whistle was not heard on that one, so that's why there was some confusion as to that possibly being a defensive penalty. And nonetheless, just to project forward, if Marple Newton does not get it and they don't risk a fourth down, or even if they if they don't risk a fourth down and Weaverling punts it, Weaverling has the, the leg to angle this at the coffin corner and basically dare Harriton's offense. Back to five minutes and 33 seconds. Or even at that time, he has, he's been able to sky a lot of punts, too, and allow his gunners to get down there and kind of retrieve that ball, yeah, pin him inside the five, even if the, the corner isn't an option. And if Mr. Allen decides to uh, risk a run, all it takes is one expertly timed and placed hit to jar that football loose. But not to get ahead of ourselves, it will be third and ten from the 49-yard line. Joey Pham to the near side. One man backfield is Duffy. Weaverling is back. It's a delayed pitch. He's got to Ryan White, who gets across the 45, stumbles forward, loses the football, but I think he was down already. Yeah, I, I think he was down. That, that elbow was down and forced that football. Yeah, forced that football loose. Good blocking on the outside by Brian Kelly to help White get that extra yardage and make it a fourth and short. And decision time for the Tigers as to what they're going to do here. Fourth and one, it looks like. As that clock continues to move. Under five minutes to go now in the contest. And shuffling some guys in and out. Joey Pham coming out from Ryan Apple. Schallenberger checks back in. So here we go. Got check time. 4.51 to go in the contest. Fourth and one from the Harton 46. Weaverling under center. Three-man backfield. They gave this to Duffy. He's got it. Ryan Duffy. Big first down once again by Ryan Duffy. And the tackle that time by Dylan O'Donnell, number five on the initial stop. And then Spencer Reed was there to finish off Duffy. So there we go. In this contest, the razor-thin margin on the side of the Tigers, despite a few blips in the form of false start and delay game penalties. But they are making the yardage and making the downs when they need it. They've, they've been able to, to, like you said, recover from the, the five-yard penalties that they've cost themselves with and to this point and now it's a big advantage 4.22 to go first and 10 at the 37 yard line two man backfield this time Joey Pham still not in White in motion they gave this to Duffy and in a workmanlike fashion Duffy throws the pile forward about 4 yards and Juwan Valentine on a stop for the Rams tackling Duffy up high which he was able to carry Valentine because of that a couple extra yards on that play but good blocking again on the near side of the field by Christian Whiteside down the field along with Brian Kelly and a few other of that offensive front. And for Harriton, as the clock ticks down into four minutes, it must be the sort of Damocles hanging above their head plus the noose tightening around their necks. Feeling the pressure. Second and five from the 32-yard line. Weaverling under center. He's got it. To Duffy once more. He gets across the 30 but no further, but it will be third and short. For the Tigers coming up. Stopped by number 53, Najee Carroll of the Rams. And now Harden forced to start to take their timeouts here to stop this clock. And 
you know, give themselves a chance in case Marble Newtown does not score or does not get a first down here. Eight-point lead once again for the Tigers. 326 on the clock as you see the time shift up there. 326 still. And looking at it, you know, the Tigers are probably about, you know, if if you're not factoring in points, the Tigers are one or two first downs away from this being sealed without points. Exactly. Comfortably. You want to see them pick this one up with yards to spare and then get another one. You figure they're going to be down at least to the 15 at that point. And then it becomes, you know, shift the Rams' defense into thinking, let's prevent another score here instead of just let's stop them and try to get another score. Ryan Duffy's been the man. He might want to try and go for five, which could be one of our top moments uh, as we get into November 22nd, as you mentioned earlier, at the winner's circle on Monday to talk about. Obviously, no time set on that. At this point, we've got at least three or four in our pockets. Yes, of course, I think this entire... This entire series that Ryan Duffy has done today might come as one whole big package. Right now he's up there. It is a handoff to to the outside. It's Moat this time. Penalty flags are down. Moat stumbles. 15-10-5 touchdown. But we'll see what's going on here. I don't know. I think that was a a bit of an illegal block. Behind that play, I don't know Holding. who. Holding. And and the funny thing is, is it didn't need to be there. That flag came way late. That holding penalty was way Moat late. Moat was already five he yards was field. He was gone, and whoever the hold is on, you know, the, at, at this level of football, they don't name numbers. Um, but that was that was not needed. If anything, though, it does it's still an advantage for Marple Newtown because they get extra time to run off. They right. just ran extra time exactly. off the clock here during the run. Holding on the offense. Ten-yard penalty for the spot of the foul. Repeat, third down. So, yes, a bit more of the field to work with now. And we have the first appearance of our good luck charm, Dennis Reardon, here in the broadcast booth. Tigers clinging to that eight-point lead. 3.15 to go. Eight. Third and 13, however. Weaverling has the handoff. Trying to go up the middle is Ryan White. He gets uh, thrown down after a gain of at least one. Yeah, number 57, Austin Wortley on the stop for the Rams now. And the Rams will take their second time out of this ball game as the officials blow the whistle. And you've got to think this is a punt here for Marple Newtown. Yep, and you also got to think there's got to be at least three or four passes in this next series. And if they score, clearly an onside kick. Because this is the point of the game where the Rams... Offensive mindset has to be as quickly as possible and economically as possible. Now that they're only down to one timeout. Yeah, and we talked to you know prior to the broadcast as well how last uh, in 2008 the final home game was a very exciting one. Came down to that extra point. This one could come down to a two point conversion, possibly some overtime if the Rams are able to make that an eight point you know gain on this on this possession. So now, unlike Donovan McNabb. We are all aware in the booth that this game will go to overtime, and that's it. One overtime, and there's not a second. <laughs> yeah, not the brightest uh, choice of words in the career of Donovan McNabb. Well, you know, I, I, I don't blame him, because Cincinnati is such a dreary city. Maybe it turned his brain off a little bit. <laughs> but why would you want to play an extra overtime in, 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 a, in a dreary football city like Cincinnati? Nonetheless, back to the situation at hand. Our own orange and black. Need to get to the 27-yard line for a first down. But it will be Weaverling back to punt. One man deep. 
for Harton as it is a skittering kick coming down into the middle of the field at the 10. It's rolling near the 5, rolling towards the near hash mark, and finally going to rest at the 4-yard line. So, this is quite the test for the Rams' offense. 8-point deficit, 2.50 on the clock. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a test for the Rams, but you know, credit Billy Weaverling and Marple Newtown special teams right there, able to pin them inside the five-yard line. The only way he, the only way it could have been any better is if he actually nailed it on the sideline and it went out in front of the pylon. Yeah. Exactly what you want to see from your punter. So here we go. Moriarty, shotgun once again. Four wide receivers, two near side, two to the far side. He's back in his own end zone. To the near side, it is complete to Spencer Reed across the 20-25 and out of bounds shy of the 30. And Spencer Reed out there in the flat, another good roll at Harden has used that well. Marple Newtown's run a similar play, and it's been successful for both squads this time. And Spencer Reed, their star player for Harden, able to get up a big first down and get some space for the Rams, who have one timeout remaining here. And also good awareness on Reed's part to go down out of bounds and make sure that clock stops. 2.42 remaining. Ball at the 29-yard line. Once again, three wide receivers set. Moriarty drops back. It is complete to the near side. To Dylan, it, it uh, Dylan like, O'Donnell. Looked like O'Donnell was out of bounds. And taken down on that far but side of the field. They are giving him credit for the catch. It looks like it was Fan for the Tigers that made that stop. Also, only a yard maybe? on that throw sorry five yards excuse me clock ticks under two and a half to play Moriarty takes his position in the shotgun formation two man backfield fakes the handoff he's under a rush he's moving towards the near sideline throws it into the turf and it is intercepted Intercepted by wow. Ryan White. Ryan White comes up big again. He had that big first down on the reception that got 13, 14 yards. This time he's able to scoop one up just shy of the ball hitting the carpet. And Chase it's Utley. a huge play I know Chase for Utley, the Tigers. Chase Utley would have no awareness that this broadcast exists, but if he did, I'd ask him <laughs> to look at this. Come here, look at this tape, and this is how you feel the ground ball. That thing was going to be right in the turf. But White got his hands underneath it. Excellent job. Well, that was, that right was a close play, but credit Ryan White. Great awareness that time. And the Tigers now have a huge opportunity to end this one. Now the hands are around the collective necks of the Rams. 2.28 to go. Ball at the 41-yard line. Hand off is to Duffy. He breaks the tackle. He's across the 35, down to the 30. He won't go down tonight. Kelly finally able to bring him down after he picks up huge yardage. And Duffy, another senior, determined on senior night to come out here and get a win, just as Ryan White is. By my calculations, even though Duffy has not had the big breakout run like he did in the first half, he's got to be close to 200 yards. He's got to be close to 40 carries as well. I mean, he's, he's carried the load and then some for Marple Newtown. That will be a first down. Referees conferencing. Oh, now they're going to bring it back and about a half yard. Second down, second down, less than a yard. So second down with 2.07 remaining. Clock goes under two minutes to play now. Second down and short. Weaverling gives it to Duffy. He just moves a couple steps forward, so that's 
probably that game-deciding first down right now. And that was the first down, and he was stopped by number three, Eric Korn, for the Rams. But so what? But at this point, it's it's almost uh, victory formation time for the Tigers here. You know, 148, clock will stop. And with a timeout from Harriton. Harriton's final timeout of the contest. 147 to go. And just looking forward to the next couple weeks with two wins in their pocket with that mid-season tough schedule behind them, I can only see good things going on from this point. Yeah, I mean, Marble Newtown, they have all the momentum going into this game from last. Big numbers at Lower Marion. Here they have Harrod and they have Radner next week, who is not necessarily the best team in the league. A team, though, that has played well this year, just hasn't been able to get a win and they did give, in uh, big moments. They did give Marple Newtown trouble here last year in a game that they played uh, to an unexpectedly high level. Yeah, but I then mean, again, two years you, ago they went into Radner and blew him out. So it, it's one of them. It's an up and down thing exactly. with Radner. Year to year, you never know what the chemistry of the team is going to be. But when you go from two and five now to four and five, well, it does wonders for the confidence up and down that lineup. One forty-seven to go. First and ten at the twenty-nine. Weaverling hands it off to Duffy. He gets across the twenty-five near the twenty. So not just content to really sit on the ball. They just no. want to get possession, keep the possession. And go for the score. And Juwan Valentine, number 12, the corner on the stop for the Harrod and Rams. And Duffy continues to get big yardage on every carry, five, six yards a carry for him. And he is easily closing in on, if not over, 40 carries. Gain of seven. Point. And four of those was just putting your hand down and getting your legs moving forward before the knee goes down. And one more first down here should should signal the victory formation unless they're going to they're gonna get in it Actually, right here. at this point, you figure... And that's they what they're going to do. They have three more downs. They can waste the rest of the time off the clock. So here we go. Weaverling takes one knee. So it will be third down in about four. This clock ticks under a minute to go. And they'll wait to reset before they'll wind that play clock. So, yeah, it's going to be close here, but they're going to be able to, to wind this one down. A and, chance to even their record overall next week. That's a huge opportunity for, for a senior class that's, that's seen the highs and lows over the last three years and really has put something together here tonight that they can carry into, into Radner next week. 30 seconds to go in the contest. They finally get up to the line of scrimmage. Moat and Duffy surrounding Weaverling again. He takes two steps back this time. And it will be fourth down unless they choose to just run out the clock, and that's what they will do. Suffice to end the game on third down. And the coaching staffs for both squads are starting to meander on the field along with the rest of the players lining up for the handshakes, uh, shows of sportsmanship. You know, some of the seniors, you know, walking back and forth. You see Jamie Ridinger down there. He's a junior. He'll be back next season, out this season with a broken leg. Billy Weaverling replaced him. And you see the Tigers now getting ready to set up for Radner as the clock goes dead. And we have come to the end of this contest. Game number nine, home game number five. A successful one. Marple Newtown comes from behind and wins 28-20. to They move to four and five on the season overall. Now three and five in the central and rising. We'll be right back on the other side with the wrap-up. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, 
proud. The Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game, live in high-def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Yes, Bruce, we are live out there at Harry Harvey Stadium, back for the wrap-up. A 28-20 victory on senior night here. And uh, just very briefly, I know that we have one more home game left, but this is the final Central League home game for these seniors. Ryan Duffy, Mike Liu, Ryan White, Connor Power, Billy Weaverling, Matt Gregory, John Spink, Mario Diaguardi, Brian Kelly, Pete Finnegan, Jeff Brooks, Christian Massey, TJ Fight, Sean Reidinger, and Christian Whiteside. What a job they have done with some early season uh, success, mid-season difficulties, and what we presume to be, once again, late season success. Yeah, through their, their tenure here at Marple Newtown, they've seen the highs and lows, as we mentioned throughout the broadcast. They've, they've stuck with the program, and they've, they've helped build it, and, and they've learned a lot, I'm sure, along the way. And, and tonight is just another instance of that of that story that they felt. I mean, a lot of schools in the, around here they, they either have just you know uh, not a, not a really big program or they're a, they're a top program. Marple Newtown has a little bit of it all, and it, it builds a humongous character. And, and these kids have a lot of it. Speaking of character, the mark of a good team is you win the easy games, and then you gut out the ones that can be possibly close. And the Marple Newtown Tigers did just that. Scoring recap in the first quarter. Aided by a fake punt taken by kicker and running back Mike Allen. Allen scored from 32 yards out on a run to give Harrington a 7 nothing lead. A little bit more than two minutes into the contest, but Ryan Duffy equalized near the end of the first quarter on a one-yard run to make it 7-6 to six after Harrington missed the extra point. In the second quarter, Spencer Reed, a 26-yard Touchdown run put Harrington on top once again, but the two-point conversion failed, and it was 12-7. Then Duffy, his second touchdown of the contest, a six-yarder with 158 to go in the half, made it 14-12. Tigers got the football back and embarked on a drive that took more than six minutes off the clock, ending in Duffy's third touchdown of the game, a two-yard run, making it 21-12. Duffy added a two-yard run again in the early in the fourth quarter to make it 28-12, and even though Allen's 31-yard catch over Joey Pham in the end zone and a Ryan Kelly conversion to make it 28-20. 
Ryan White picks a ball off the turf after a failed Marple Newtown drive. Harriton got the ball back, but Kelly, I'm sorry, White made the interception. Pretty much sealed the deal for the Tigers. Yeah, the fate was sealed with that White interception. It was close. It was hard to tell you up here in the booth. You you hear one side cheering, uh, the the Harriton side, the coach's box over there, a little upset. They thought that one clearly hit the turf, but the call on the field stood as an interception as there is no replay, there is no challenge at high school football. You, you play it as as they're called, and, and Brian White at, at this at this juncture was able to make a big play and show, you know, he didn't have the best of games running the football, but he had the one big first down on a receiving play where he was just relentlessly getting to that first down on third and long. Right down here at midfield. He had that interception, which was clutch and came up big. And now that the stats are in, uh, the team rushing category for Marble Newtown, 299 yards and 124 for Harriton. Harriton had 164 yards passing to Marble Newtown 60, but that's, that's usual of a Marble Newtown squad. We also have 124 yards rushing for Harriton, 164 yards passing, which, to be honest with you, that's a little high, despite the fact that Harriton did sort of own the middle of the field. I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not necessarily surprised, because every time that Pat Moretti dropped back to pass and had a guy open, it was at least a 20-yard game. Yeah, they they have a very solid passing game. And, of course, uh, Bobby, you want to do the honors and, and give Ryan Duffy his due here. Well, of course, uh, Ryan Duffy finishes the game 42 attempts, 235 yards, four touchdowns. I think I think can, I think collectively that's going to make the uh, the top ten list. That's that's got to make the top ten list at the Winter Circle on November 22nd. Um, but Billy, you know, we, overall, that there's got to be a career day for Ryan Duffy. I don't have this the the you know his career stat book in front of me, but that's got to be a career game for him. Also, to a, a smaller. Uh, manner. Billy Weaverling, a career day, 100% <laughs> effective, 4 for 4 passing, 60 yards. Doesn't matter how many you throw, it still goes down as 100% in that book. Exactly, yeah, while his counterpart Moriarty, 11 of 20 completions, one touchdown. And around out the stats, Mike Allen, 58 yards gained, and that one big touchdown run on 5 yards, which means basically... Minus that 32-yard touchdown run, that's 26 yards on four carries. So right there you had a, a big play guy whose effectiveness was limited as the game wore on. Yeah, certainly uh, you know, limited there. And, and as they move along, Harriton, you know, they're a, good, they're a squad that I, I think has improved immensely since they've joined the Central League three years ago. Uh, a, t- a tough league to be in to begin with. But give Harriton a lot of credit coming out here and fighting pretty hard, and they've had a much better season than they've had in the past. But Marple Newtown, once again, showing that they are the more experienced and the better Central League squad at this point. Well, once again, the final score, Marple Newtown wins 28-20. to They move to 4-5 and overall, 3-5 and in the Central League. And you can read more about this game and get coverage of the entire 2010 season provided by Josh Kippel on eyeofthetigersblog.com. Next week, the Tigers will travel to Radnor High School for a 7 p.m. kickoff on Friday, November 5th in beautiful suburban Radnor, Pennsylvania. Coverage of that game will be provided by Greg Pecco, Josh Kippel, Jim Alsman, and possibly yours truly, Bob Herpin. Live on the Tigers Radio Network, heard exclusively on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. So for executive producer Jim Alsman, assistant principal, athletic director, and all-around good luck charm Dennis Reardon, head football coach Ray Junta, game clock operator Frank Rufo, Head referee Bob Tinsley, statistician Sam Snyderman, engineer and halftime commentator Josh Kipple, and my right-hand man Greg Pecco. I'm Bob Herpin bidding you a good night. We will be on the air back with you one week from today. Yeah.
The Tigers Radio Network thanks you for listening to this presentation of Marple Newtown Football on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Our next broadcast will be presented on Friday, November 5th, when the Marple Newtown Tigers travel to Radnor High School for a 7 p.m. kickoff in Radnor, Pennsylvania. Coverage of that game will be provided by Greg Pecco, Josh Kippel, and Jim Alsman of the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com and IatheTigersBlog.com. Until then, for Bob Herpin, Josh Kippel, and Greg Pecco, I'm Jim Alsman wishing you a good night from Harry Harvey Stadium, and Go Tigers! Go Tigers!